three, two, one. What's going on, folks? Welcome to 34 Questions. Tonight, I have a very special guest. Mr. Eric Kim is in the building. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well, Jan. Thanks. Um, for the folks out there who uh, are unfamiliar with the flow of the show, we do some intro questions. I throw in a little icebreaker as well. And then we jump into the main portion of the interview where you choose questions between 1 and 34 or number between 1 and 34 that co- corresponds with the question. Um, sound good to you, Mr. Kim? Absolutely. Sorry about that. Uh, well, my very first question for you is uh, how have you been? It's been a... A different kind of year for all of us uh you've been doing well you've been going through it how, how you been ah uh, man for for somebody who's had anxiety since far back as i can remember this has been a it's been a pretty rough year um also you know teaching online has not been has, has not been uh anywhere near teaching in, in person so this whole this whole year's been just just a uh, shit in a <laughs> you know just shit floating in a tub or whatever you want to call it i got you it, it I hasn't got been yeah it's been a terrible year any any positives any anything that you kind of liked um you know especially since you are a teacher like anything from the changes that you felt was you know something positive that came out of it well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's exposed some of the some of the weaknesses in the education system, some of the inequalities, for sure. You know that that's that's always been we've always been always been talking about it, but you know the public's never really gotten to see it. Now they've seen it. Now they've 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 uh, kind of experienced uh, some of that. You know, while they're working at home and they got the kids online, you know, learning as well. So they, they, they've got a little bit of an idea of, of some of the inequalities that we've been going through, some of the things that we've been struggling with. Um, me personally, I, I, I kind of I like, like walking outside with a mask. People don't recognize you. People don't really talk to you or anything like that. I like the six feet. You know, give me my space. That's about it. <laughs> All right. For sure. For sure. Um, I, I've always wanted to ask you, I, I like to ask all teachers, but, uh, what got you into teaching? If you don't mind, mind sharing. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I always wanted, I always wanted to be a part of the community. You know, I've, I've, I was born and raised in San Francisco and, you know, lived here all my life, except for the, except for my college years. I always wanted to be a part of the community and just give back. And besides all that, it's, it's, it's a family thing. And, um, I'm third generation SFUSD teacher. Wow. Did not know that. (laughs) So Um, runs in the blood. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, And, you know, my grandfather, uh, taught PE at Francisco Middle School and a few other places forever. My dad taught at Sherman Elementary forever. You know, both my brother and my sister are teachers. So yeah, it's really it really is in the blood, you know. I got cousins. I got cousins and uncles and aunts that are were teachers too. For sure, for sure. Um, I got more questions about that, but I'll save that for later. Um, before we jump into some more warm-up questions, I do have an icebreaker, which is a one-word spelling bee. Uh, you down to participate, <laughs> or uh, you could pass too. Yeah, I'm, good. Right. I'm yeah. good with spelling. Go for it. All right, all right. Um, your word is maneuver. Okay. M a m a n. E-U-V-E-R. First try. First try. You got it. You got it. Um, Congratulations. Uh, (laughs) Not everybody always gets it on the first try. Uh, But what this means is that you qualify for the Spelling Bee episode of 34 Questions with other contestants who've gotten their word right. If I can get it logistically down and people are available and all that, then it'll happen. But just know you will be reached out to to, to come back on for that. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm always good for a contest. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, do, you, do you do any trivia or any of those kind of contests? Have them yeah, before? Yeah, uh, bar trivia. Uh, <laughs> I, I, love earning my, I love earning my beer. <laughs> have, you, have you won? Or... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, years ago 
it was a couple of friends of mine that uh, we would we would team up and do uh, bar trivia on Tuesdays, win a pitcher of beer, get a few other things, and then I'd make a night out of it. That's one of the perks of being a history teacher. You're good for trivia. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Did uh, did you choose history or did history choose you? <laughs> <laughs> history chose me. <laughs> I, I like to say by process elimination. I was, I was never good at science. I was never good at math. Mm. I'm the anti-Asian stereotype for sure. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> um, what's a, if if you don't mind, what's like a, a piece of a nugget that you can just drop on us right now? Drop on us and audience like your favorite history fact that most people probably won't know. Favorite history fact. Okay, there's probably a lot. <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, okay, well, my, my uncle, my uncle, his father was one of the guys that preserved the poems at Angel Island. They were about to ready to destroy that whole thing when they were renovating Angel Island. You know how they, the, the people who were detained there, they carved in poems into the, into the walls. Well, they were the, the National Park Service was about to destroy those, and uh, my uncle, you know, his, his father uh, was one of the one of the two guys that preserved it. Wow! So. Did, like, did they? Was that one of those, uh, you know, classic tales of having to go to city to the city government and ask them not to do it, or were they more radical and they were out there like saying, "No, we're not going to let you guys do this." <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't too radical. I actually they. The, the you know the people who were in charge of renovating uh, Angel Island I guess at that time they had no idea what they were coming across they just thought it was a bunch of Chinese characters carved into the wall they didn't they didn't realize it was it was poetry that was you know talking about uh, what what people were feeling you know they basically they didn't they didn't realize it was a primary source document of, you know of the mm-hmm. of the time yeah yeah. yeah. No, that's pretty crazy. That's definitely something I was not aware of as far as having that kind of historical moment like encapsulated on Angel Island. I, I was raised in San Francisco, but, um, you know, I'm one of those people that just never... I've taken it for granted, basically. I, I don't have any uh, awareness of the rich culture. Like, I, I know, you know, we're the Bay Area, but uh, I know you travel a lot. Would you say yeah. the Bay Area has like a distinct flavor <laughs> uh, that comes with its people like I, f- I feel like I've gotten that kind of feedback anytime I'm anywhere else They're like oh you're you're from California from the Bay Area <laughs> yeah yeah I, it, it, I think I think a lot of people that that are from from San Francisco or from the Bay in general they have they, they kind of have this love-hate relationship with the with the area they mostly love it but there's certain there's little certain things that that we we just kind of hate about it and it's just the constant turnover of people and things like that and the gentrifiers and that type of stuff but i i i have to say you know sometimes in san francisco you just there's there's like you don't have the friendliness that you do in other places Hmm. which kind of perplexes me you know you have to go you have to go in real deep in san francisco to to get to the real people you know i mean you're not gonna find clearly you're not gonna find it at pier 39 you're not gonna find it (laughs) i mean that's where tourists go right yeah you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna get that if you hang out in the marina district you hang out you know downtown financial district whatever you're not gonna get that you know, you're not going to get the real, the real feeling of the Bay Area. You know, that's it's it's basically transplants kind of forming together. You know, techies within their own little world and, and stuff like that. But so San Francisco, you know, oh man, how many? Let's see, I'm 40, 46. So you know, in the years that I've been here since i've been here in san francisco it, i mean it's yeah it's changed you don't you don't see as much of the hardcore san franciscans yeah yeah and yeah. that's interesting when you talk about friendliness is it more so friendliness with like outsiders or i feel like i've gotten more as i've gotten older i'm getting in the question more like oh are you from here or like where did you go to high school and you know trying to kind of size me up if i'm from here or not and if i once i <laughs> you know reveal that i am it's like that friendliness is there it's like oh yeah yeah i know you da, da, da. Yeah. but uh 
it's, it's kind of a known thing. It's kind of a known thing. You know, if you say you're from San Francisco, people will size you up. They will, they will ask you those questions. They will ask you what high school you went to, see if you can admit or not. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, and realistically, people will extend it. You know, if you say, if you tell them Jefferson or <laughs> they, they will go, okay, that's close enough. <laughs> I got you. you tell them you went to school at uh, Logan or something like that. That's not that's not San Francisco, Union <laughs> City. Come on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I feel you. That's that's more. Yeah, people will size you up, and then once you reveal that you're a real San Franciscan, then they'll be like, people let down their guard. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like um, you know, I I recognize you as someone that went to my high school. Like as soon as you you kind of reveal that about yourself, I feel like that's what kind of happens. Um, <laughs> What's uh? You talk about the real San Francisco, and you know you won't get it at the tourist spots. So, I mean, I guess after this it won't be so much of a secret. But <laughs> if uh, if I was a tourist coming into the city, where, where's a place or an event maybe that I should check out that would give me that, in in your opinion, that true San Francisco vibe? <laughs> the true San Francisco vibe, you know. I, people tourists just aren't going to go out to the residential areas you know they're not they're not going to go out there but you know the residential areas like excelsior and, and, and bayview and sunset you know people that, that's where the that's where the real san franciscans are but you know it used to be where you show up at the mission and you'd be like yeah that's real san francisco but now it's, it's it's it depends on what what block you're on. <laughs> it depends yeah. on what block you're on. You could you could go down one block and be like, yeah, this is this is old school San Francisco. This is like you know from the 1960s or 70s or something like that. And then you walk down the next block and it's like, damn, this is gentrified. It's like crazy. Yeah. Well, you you get little tastes of it here and there. You get little tastes of it here and there, but you know, I mean, I, I it's like you got to go to the residential areas. I mean Richmond District, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got family that live out there. That's that's not exactly gentr- uh, gentrification central, but you know, that's where you gotta go. Um, I feel like a lot of people right now, especially the younger generation, has this hope that you know the the gentrification will end and they will leave, and then everyone that's moved out will move back in. Is that something that you see? <laughs> happening or is, is it pretty much you know it's just times the times change you know there's a cycle that goes on how do you feel about that yeah you can tell by my laugh I, <laughs> you know, that's that's not it's sadly it's not gonna happen i mean one of the things that one of the things that i i take kind of take pride on when i teach econ to my seniors is i, I tell it to them straight i mean it's like you know, if you guys if you guys got a foothold in the city, hold on to it for dear life because I mean it's it's not likely that you're going to be able to get back into it. You know, you're not going to be able to come back in. Your family's not going to come back in. But you know, I mean, just the 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 number of people that that uh, can afford to live here uh, renting it's it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, man, I am. Uh, I'm in that boat for sure, and I, I have these uh, wandering thoughts of like, oh, where else could I be at? Where else could I find myself settling down? And like, could it be a different state, different city? But you know, something. It, I'm also a little bit fearful because I know it's not gonna be like this. It's not gonna be you know where I grew up. It's not gonna have that comfort comfort vibe that that you know I grew up with. Um, so. And any places that you've been to that kind of resemble the, the vibe or <laughs> maybe a different city <laughs> or a different uh, country? <laughs> uh, you know, I always say if, if if California were to like break off and float into the ocean because of the earthquake or something like that and I had to move, I the closest places I could think of are Seattle and Vancouver, but mm. prices are going up too. I heard about Vancouver. I, yeah. I haven't been on the west. I've, I've been to Toronto, but I've never been on the uh, the west side of Canada yet. <laughs> Toronto's got a good vibe too. Toronto's got a good vibe too. I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. Uh, it, it was. I, I really like. I guess I've never been to a place where um, I didn't feel like it was a melting pot. You know, <laughs> uh, the, where the the 
the demographics was a, a good mix of everybody so yeah. that's what i kind of got from toronto too it, it was just cool to to feel like oh you know this is like me walking walking around downtown downtown you know all the different faces that you see in different cultures yeah, yeah. Uh, all right well we still haven't even gotten to the warm-up questions and, uh, <laughs> this is the very first one uh what would you like the audience to know about you um you know, I, I just like to, I just like to be thought of as somebody who's trying his hardest, somebody who's trying to, trying his hardest to make a difference, to do something, to to really kind of impact the kids, and that's why you know that's why teaching was the profession for me. Mm. Um, it's, that, that's 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 ultimately my goal, you know. Um, I can't say that, I mean, I've thrown everything into it. I can't say I'm anywhere close, you know, to being, having my own family. You know, Mm -hmm. I got my family I was born with, but I'm not married. I don't have kids. So this is, this is really the thing that I've I've thrown myself into, um, you know, 110%, you know. No doubt. Um, What would you say is the difference between a good teacher and a great teacher, in your opinion? Uh, difference between a good teacher and a great teacher. Um, one that goes the extra mile, you know. I mean, teachers already go, you know, give it a hundred percent, but to go beyond, and, you know, I mean, I throw out every cliche out there, but throw out your, you know, give out your blood, sweat, and tears, and and, and to do that. And plus your time. I mean, that's your most valuable commodity, your time. Um, that's that's part of what makes a good a good teacher great. For sure. Good teachers, good teachers, they do the job. They do the job within the confines. And they do it within their abilities, you know? And again, if time was an ability or, you know, spending time was an ability, you know, they, they did it. I mean, you know, People, teachers are humans too. They got, they got families and stuff like that. I'm always kind of torn, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to, I want to have a personal life, but I also want to, you know, throw in my everything into teaching. So, you know, I don't blame anybody for anything, any choices that they make as a teacher. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. <clears throat> I know, I feel like a lot of people in other industries and professions, they're probably jealous of some teachers because you guys get that, uh, you get some breaks throughout the year. Is that true? Is Are the breaks as, as, as long and as big as everyone thinks it is? Or you guys are pretty much working through the summer too? And You know, the gap is closed. You know, the, the gap is closed. There's There are a lot of industries out there that shut down around Christmas time, you know, for, for two weeks. There, there's... I mean, they, I, I, th- I can anticipate it being even more like that with people working from home more often. Um, that's going to be the thing now. But, you know, it used to be where, hey, a week off for Thanksgiving, a week off for spring break, a week off, you know, two weeks for winter break, two, mo- uh, two months for summer. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it seems like more people are getting, there's a lot of people are catching up with that stuff, you know? <laughs> Well, you know, uh, you know, maybe eventually we could all make it to a four-day work week. You know, <laughs> oh, I will. That's, that's, <laughs> I'm crossing my fingers on that one. Uh, my second question for you in the warm-up is: If someone were to pay you a tribute, uh, how would you like to be honored? If I was going to tell myself I would do something, some sort of act to honor Eric Kim, what, what could I do? <laughs> uh you know, you know what? I've I've actually I've actually thought of this before. You know, this this past year made me really think about my mortality. Mm. I mean, I'm not going to say I was in a really dark place, <laughs> but it really made me think about my mortality. I the, the 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 tribute to Mr. Kim. I could see it being you know <laughs> held in the school auditorium. <laughs> with the choir singing some people saying some good words about me and then I have a big gigantic school portrait of myself <laughs> with a flowers on it like it was uh, Bruce Willis in Armageddon <laughs> I got you I got you 
I mean, that's the trivia. I mean, I just, you know, just hear, just hear people say the nice words about me and then I look down from wherever or look up from wherever I am <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and just, just hear the, just hear the good words. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well, you know, I will, if, if ever need be, try to make that happen for you. Yeah, um, very good. My, and the last question uh, that I I don't know if you've seen any episodes, but this is a very uh, reflective kind of podcast, as you will find out. Um, but I think this last question kind of sets the tone pretty perfectly. And on a scale from one to ten, how well do you know yourself? Yeah, I did. I, I did see that one. Um, I'd probably say seven. Hmm. I, I think I think more than the average person. I think I know myself. I got you. I I, 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 I I run through scenarios. I'm one of those overthinkers. Well, I mean, not to in action, but you know, I, I, I think I, I know how I would react in different situations. I feel so, that. Yeah. That's a big part of knowing yourself. Um, that is the most popular answer so far on the podcast. Uh, everyone likes is is around seven seven point five. Um, and I think that's a good baseline, you know, uh, and, you know, I, I don't know for, for, for me personally, I let everybody know I consider myself a five, just equal parts of knowing, equal parts of not knowing at this point in my life. Um, and also, you know, I, I like to say at my highest of highs, I, I know myself the most, lowest of lows. I don't, I, that's when I feel like I don't know myself at all. And that kind of fluctuates throughout my life sometimes. Um, but yeah, seven, fair enough. Uh, want to ask you what's your, your favorite part of your personality Ooh, favorite part of my um you know I, as far as my family goes I, I turn out to be the I won't call I won't call myself a rebel but I I, I kind of go my own flow in my, in, within my family you know I was the first one to leave for school mm-hmm. I'm, you know I'm the I'm the big traveler uh, I will. I'm the one that will try different foods and stuff like that, and you know, just so in within the context of my family, I'm the adventurous one. But in the big picture, eh, maybe I'm above average. But I, I kind of like that about myself. For sure, for sure. Uh, compare myself to when I was a teenager. Man, you could you couldn't get a word out of me when I was in in elementary school in high school it's just college was a big deal and it got me to be a little more adventurous so i'm glad i took that plunge left the city and 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 and, you know really kind of started a different personality you know um where'd you go to school you was it uh, in the bay area Uh, uc davis gotcha gotcha. i was like just far enough where you know the parents will make a surprise visit but (laughs) it's close enough if you need to go home you go home that's that's a sweet spot for for a lot of us Californians. It's like you know, I went down to Long Beach for similar reason, far enough, not too far, and I feel like everyone in SoCal comes up here for the same reason, <laughs> and also to avoid the out of out of state tax for for college. <laughs> uh, for sure. Well, uh, let's jump into the main main portion of the interview. Uh, we do have three levels, so there's an easy, medium, hard depending on wherever you feel comfortable starting. Um, where would you like to start? Uh, let's go middle. Middle. All right. And uh, go ahead and throw me your first number. Oh, um, shoot. <laughs> uh, give me number 10. Number 10. Okay. Uh, this is a little bit the polar opposite of my previous question about your favorite thing that you like about yourself but this one is what is something people generally dislike about you that you kind of you know found out through maybe maybe someone was like honest enough to tell you like yo man that uh that's not so good (laughs) Uh, i don't know if anyone has ever but that that'd be a good sign (laughs) uh i you know, I, I I will I like to joke. I like to joke around, but I know I know when to 
code switch and stuff like that and i know when to kind of tone it down and zip my mouth and stuff like that but every every once in a while i'll let i'll let some jokes fly that like ooh, better <laughs> I'm dial that back a little bit <laughs> never mind uh that that's probably that's probably it um my, my sense of humor my i i I could have a dense, I could have a pretty dark sense of humor, so, and it might not translate too well with everyone. So I basically keep it with my friends. If I know, if I've known you for like 20 years, oh, all the jokes can be flying. But other than that, <laughs> you, you've tried to test the waters a little bit, right? <laughs> and just like see. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just it, it's sometimes it's just a reflex, you know. That's you know, true. Like nothing, you know. Nothing like shockingly inappropriate, but you know, I mean, it's like I, I have I have, I have my set of jokes for the classroom. I have my set of jokes with coworkers, and then I have the bulk of my good work is with the, <laughs> with my friends. <laughs> it, 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 the lines don't cross. The lines don't cross too often. <laughs> I got I you. Some, you know. If the world's collided and some people heard, they'll be like, what? They'll be shocked. When worlds collide. <laughs> that's always a fun thing. I don't know if uh, you've ever had to put two groups of, you know, of your life put together and, and see how they interact. <laughs> oh, I try to keep it. Oh, I keep it separate. I try to keep it as separate as I possibly can. <laughs> I got you. Um, oh, I had a question. I had a follow up question, but I think it's, it was fleeting me. Yeah, let's uh, throw ahead and throw me another number. Uh, hopefully, it comes back to me. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Uh, lucky 13. 13. What was your fear as a kid? Did you, or were you, uh, uh, what's it called? Unafraid of. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have, hmm. off the top, I have a bunch of irrational fears. I, I, you know, like I said, I, 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 I'll do zip lining, I'll jump out of an airplane, I'll do bungee jumping, but for some reason, I, I can't, I can't ride a bicycle. Really? Yeah, I, just, I don't have too many traumas in my life, but I, I saw my my brother get his heel just chewed up by a bike, by bike folks. His, his heel was bleeding, and I, I just never learned how to ride a bike because of that. Like I mean, I, I ski, I snowboard, I rollerblade, I I do all that stuff, but for some reason, I just can't get myself to balance on a bike. Like, no interest, like you've never tried, or you've tried and you're like... I tried, and I just, like, eh. <laughs> I mean, believe me, it's, it's, held, it's that's held me back, man. I went to UC Davis, the the, the damn bike capital of, of the United States or, or the world, well, not the world, but of the United <laughs> States. I never learned how to ride a bike, you know? No, that's a trip. I mean, I thought I, I thought I was late when I learned at 13. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess it's not for everybody. I, I have some friends who, who've never ridden bikes as well, even now, and they're they're trying. I don't think it was anything related to like maybe an accident they saw, but it's irrational fear. It's it's no other excuse for me. I mean, you know, if uh, if. I, I get it though if i seen it and like it's one of those things that stick with me then you know it's over like for for me i it is hard for me to swim and learn how to swim now because i've i almost drowned a couple times when i was a kid and for some reason that feeling or like that anxiety anxious feeling in the in the water especially when i can't touch the ground <laughs> yeah. is, is like it just takes over me and i'm like i should be able to do it but you know i still can't so i think it's just part of our experiences but Maybe one day, like you're gonna have to learn how to ride a bike to like escape a, an emergency. And you're like, I have to do this right now. <laughs> That's the case. I'm screwed. I better find myself a tricycle then. <laughs> um, the question actually came back to me, and it was when you mentioned your humor being dark. Are there any examples of maybe uh, TV shows or or movies that kind of give us a better idea of what that humor is like? You know, I could, I could give you, I give you an example of character. Like, uh, you know, you ever watch Parks and Recreation? Yes. April. Yes. April Gate. That's <laughs> the kind of humor. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's just deadpan dark humor. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. I'll give, you, I'll give you that as an example. You know. 
now I get it. Now I get it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I can see how it could be too much for some people. But um, yeah, I mean, that, that stuff's hilarious to me too. If, if uh, <laughs> there's 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 dozens of us out there. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, you know, you. Um, boy, how about uh, is this this wouldn't qualify as dark, but certainly inappropriate humor. Uh, freaking Al Bundy from uh, Married with Children. <laughs> oh, definitely inappropriate now. <laughs> A lot more so. But uh, <clears throat> for sure, Married with Children, Al Bundy. Um, what's it called? What was uh? Did you have any favorite lines of his? I know there's. He has a few posts out there. Uh, no, but man, I would be, I would be tarred and feathered if I had, if I ever wore this T-shirt. You, you know the no ma'am. <laughs> it's like the anti-woman club. Yeah. My my old college roommate bought me that T-shirt, and I, I still, I still have it. I still have it. I swear, if I ever wore that out, I'd be like, they, they would. I'd <laughs> be uh, man. It would it would also depend where you were, right? Maybe you just gotta re- know know where you are. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you, not too many social situations. I don't think. I don't, <laughs> I don't even think I could walk outside in the street with that. People would be like, "What? What is this?" Oh, not, not in San Francisco. I don't. I don't think no, so. Not, not. <laughs> uh, for sure. So. I'm actually gonna throw you a curveball right now. I, have, I do okay. have a couple curveball questions. Uh, this one's gonna be a fill in the blank, uh, mm-hmm. and it is: life is all about blank. Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna. Was this one word or? Uh, it could be a phrase. Back. It could be one word. However you want to um, answer it. Life. Life's all about family and friends. Hmm. I saw about family and friends, you know, what you do with them and how much time you get to spend. I, you know what, going back, going back to one of the original questions about how the year was been, <laughs> one of the things I've really enjoyed was, is I, I've been able to hang out with my parents quite a bit. Oh, nice. And, yeah. You know, not for, not for, you know, I mean, the circumstances were, were pretty terrible. I mean, a pandemic, you know, they needed to get out and, exercise so they were walking or you know they would go out for walks i'd go out with them so you know spend time have conversations with my parents you know some things that we just didn't really get to do for a long while and then unfortunately with all the you know the the asian hate going on lately they were definitely kind of hesitant to go out for walks i mean people are getting attacked at places they like to go to and so you know they they made it uh, more frequent to come out to my neighborhood and and walk with you know myself and my sister and her kids you know for sure um, your whole family still in San Francisco too uh, yeah yeah all of us are you know wow. we all got, <laughs> we all found our creative way of staying in the city <laughs> that's dope that's dope uh, we'll, this might be a little too personal but uh, feel free to pass would you say what, what traits would you say you got from your mom and what, what traits you f- would you say you got from your dad? Uh, well, I'm definitely stubborn like my dad. <laughs> um, I think I've gotten... I don't know. I, I gotten, I've gotten the toughness of my, of my mom. Sometimes that's, sometimes that's a bad thing. You know, you got things going wrong with you physically and then you just kind of suck it up and you know things get to a certain point and then then it's like uh you know it's worse it's worse than it should have been so but yeah you know i i've got my learn you know my love of learning from my dad um geez i had the sense of family from both sides they both have big families my mom's the oldest of seven sisters and my dad's the second to youngest of five. Those are big families, man. <laughs> yeah. And got a ton of cousins too. But um, yeah, there's, we always do these family gatherings and stuff like that. So the sense of family, you know, really comes from them. That's dope. Uh, 
sense of loyalty for sure. Mm. Uh, you know, my, my my parents, you know, their friends, they've been friends with their friends for, you know, we're talking about 50, 60, 60 years, you know? Yeah, yeah. They don't they don't take two new friends too too easily. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Um, there's I was asked this question recently about having either would you rather have a hundred pennies or four quarters? Oh, four quarters. And then it was like, uh, would you relate that same answer to if you were gonna think about it as in like how many people are in your network or your friends? <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, well, if you're <laughs> talking money, but yeah, <laughs> we're talking friends. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I don't know how how I would translate that, but I was gonna say quality over quantity, but exactly, no, it, that's exactly what it is. Um, it, it was it was just funny because you know, actually, at this point in my life, I, I kind of chose the hundred pennies. Um, hmm. uh, it's more so that. I feel like the quarters that I've had throughout my life um, and maybe like your folks, it's like, you know, I don't need any more like uh, long term, deep relationship friendships because I have those already. And I guess where I'm at at this stage of uh, this project and everything, you know, for me, it's really valuable to just get to know 100 pennies, even though if it's only like for a brief moment in time. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, those pennies, you know, if some of those pennies multiply into quarters, <laughs> yeah, no problem. I, I, let's put it this way: I think, I think, uh, I think, if we expand the choices a little bit, okay. give me twenty nickels. I'll take twenty nickels. I That's got you. Bad. I'll take twenty nickels. You're just like a teacher, man. You got to think outside the box and present different options. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, all right. Let's jump back into the numbers. You still want to stay at level two? Maybe move up, move down? Uh, uh, move up. Move up. All right. Go ahead and uh, throw me another number. It could be the same ones because they're different questions and different levels. Okay. Uh, five. Five. Have you ever been bullied? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Feel free to pass uh, if you... You know, no, no, you know, one of one of the things I guess one of the traits I always liked is like I could always be a chameleon and just kind of slide through. That's that's one of the things I love about being a middle child. Mm. <laughs> Spotlight is off of you, so on the most part, I, you know, the only time I was ever bullied was in middle school, and that was like sixth, seventh grade. I remember there was this one bully, big guy, big guy. Dude had white hair. <laughs> I was an eighth grader. All right. And, you know, this is back when we had wood shop, right? So, you know, wood shop was still being offered. So there was a bunch of power tools and, and, and you know, tools in general that were available for him to choose. <laughs> well, you know, this guy, this guy was a bully, you know, and, and you know, you pick on myself and my friends and, you know, a couple of my friends that were in the class and all that and just, you know, he wouldn't he wouldn't go up to us and punch us or nothing like that. But he was just he'd give us a hard time and all that. Anyways, I remember one day some other dude tried to pick on us. You know, this was a multi you know grade level class, and uh, one of the older kids tried to pick on us, and our bully bullied him because <laughs> we were we were his victims. You know, he he was he was kind of protective of us, and we're kind of like uh, okay, I guess. If this guy ain't gonna punch us in the face, I guess this is this is acceptable arrangement, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's my, you know, that, that was the time, you know, really the only time I've been bullied. Otherwise, I've been just kind of like skating by, not not bullying people, but not really being the victim either. I got you. I got you. Um, did you ever like? I guess talk about that those moments with that bully like in the future you ever reconnected and was like oh nah not at all I've, I've never seen that guy since believe me if I ever saw him in the street I would recognize him I would recognize him I mean this guy was a giant I, was, I swear he was at least six foot six three six four with with gray hair as an eighth grader that's that's pretty crazy <laughs> the gray hair kind of gets me like how yeah. how <laughs> yeah. But he, he, 
as is fairly common in uh, in in the San Francisco public schools, sometimes sometimes students just disappear, and you don't get the full story of why they disappear. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. So yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think it uh, it ended up too positive for him. I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah, that, that happened a, a few times in high school. I actually went to a private school in, uh, from kindergarten to eighth grade, one of the Catholic schools in, in the city. Um, and then I went to a public high school. Uh, <laughs> wanted to ask you, what is your, your opinion on a higher education? Because for, for me personally, it was something that I went through and it was felt like it was something that was, was supposed to happen. You know, like, oh, you need to follow this track. And... I can honestly say that I, I probably wasn't ready for it. I wasn't, uh, I wouldn't say I was mature enough or even had that awareness of what I wanted to do, which, you know, kind of, you know, put me in a hole a little bit. Not as big as everybody else went to a state school, but, uh, you yeah. know, uh, yeah. What, what, what is your opinion on higher education? You know, it, it, it used to be where everyone would throw the resources into hey, everyone goes to college, everyone do this, or, you know, everyone does the same thing. What I'm kind of liking now in 2021 is we're, we're, we're really looking at the individual needs of the student, you know, more. And, and, you know, we want them to be eligible for, you know, university, um, to get into universities and whatever. But at the same time, if they have an interest in doing something, if they know they want to take a certain path, you know, we're not going to discourage or, or really kind of, you know, make them feel like an outsider for it. I mean, I, I, you know, if, if a kid's good and, you know, is going to be good in the trades, hell, they're going to make, they're going to make a good deal of money. They're going to, a lot of them are going to make more money than I will, you know? So, you know, I mean, I've got, you know, was this 20, 21 years, 21 years of teaching. I mean, I've got all types of success stories from all, you know, all different paths and stuff like that. And we just can't, we can't close it on that. You know, we can't just shove a, a kid into, you know, university life and go, here you go. And then next thing you know, they're a hundred thousand dollars in debt or whatever. And they go, well, you know, I kind of want to be a, a baker or a, <laughs> a podcaster <laughs> and, and the entire way you know you know that i mean there are, there are so many different ways that that a student can pick up their skills and and you know they don't have to go through that path you know it's i mean it's so i like where we are now where we're we're making sure everyone's eligible if they want to if they want to go down that way you know yeah but they, they have, you know, they have resources for them to go in different directions, you know? That was definitely one thing that uh, stood out to me while I was I was working at Burton was the different academies that you guys kind of laid out for the students and how, I, I mean, I didn't even realize it till like I was there a little bit longer and the students would kind of tell me about what the path they chose at freshman or sophomore year and, you know, how it was building up. And I was like, you guys are doing this? This is like something I was never exposed to in high school. And I don't know if is that was that something... Is that something recent, or is that something that that's been going on for a while in SFUSD? It's been uh, developing for a while, mm. but even that's still kind of pressure. You know, imagine you're a sophomore and you got to make these decisions, and that might, you know, it's. I mean, some some kids go into the health science academy and they don't, they don't, you know, they're like, I don't even want anything to do with this. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what is a, what would you say is something like a new technique or strategy that you would, you would like to introduce if, uh, if you haven't already? What, to teaching? Yeah, to teaching. To teaching. Um, man, you know, the thing is about with teaching there, there really is nothing new. <laughs> it's just revamping it and, and, and tweaking it and just you know, really keeping it current. Mm. I, I, I'm, you know, even with all these years that I've been teaching, I'm still, I'm still ca catching up, you know? So I don't know if I can offer anything new. 
I don't I know you. if I learned something new and innovative. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, teachers have to be open. They have to be open to make those changes, and they have to be open to, you know, make these switches and and really, you know, really really implement them. You know, hundred percent. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I had another fleeting question, uh, but let's jump into uh, another curveball. And uh, this okay. this one is a shout out question. Um, if okay. you feel comfortable mentioning a name, you don't have to. You can just talk about the experience. But it is: Did you ever have a favorite teacher or coach or mentor in your life? Uh, yeah, yeah, actually, uh, I did. Um, <clears throat> you know, you know the, way, the the high school experience for me really the entire school experience for me wasn't all that great wasn't all that positive and, and whatnot so you know but there's 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 certain teachers that just kind of they'll stand out you know and and you know it's, I, I never repeated any teachers i never took multiple you know teachers multiple times or anything like that so it's like not like i had like a long long-term you know relationship or friendship with them um but uh my journalism teacher in high school my journalism teacher in high school um, was the first one that had, you know, faith in me that I could that I could, you know, step up into a leadership role. He allowed me to become a newspaper editor for the sports section. And I'd never had that kind of, you know, no teacher had really had that kind of faith in me. And that was kind of, you know, I, I worshipped him for that. Um, I got to you know, he got, to, he, he was a colleague of mine at Burton. Oh, that's crazy. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, what did I, I didn't realize at that time is he was in his second, second year of teaching or third, might've been third or fourth year of teaching at that time. And then he became the librarian at Burton. So, and then, uh, before that, it was like, uh, uh, you know, I was taking some, uh, courses for you know professional development at sf state and he was one of my classmates he was one of my classmates so you know it's as far as a mentor uh, having a mentor or at least you know a teacher that was really positive influence in my life uh that was him i'll give a shout out to him by name no worries yeah. Yeah, hammer. Yeah. oh was that sorry pete hammer shout yeah. out shout out um so for as a teacher, I, I uh, assume that you've been able to make connections with some kids um, and, you know, seen their growth and been a mentor to them. Does it still hurt you when you're unable to reach a kid? Like, I, I know it's probably some kids that, you, you know, you don't just don't vibe well with, you know? What? Yeah, it, you know... There, there's there's always first of all you know we have in high school at least in the high school level you know you can have up towards to 150 175 kids come through your way there's just no way that you're going to be able to connect with every one of them and there's no way that you even know what kind of connection you have with some of them like mm-hmm. i have kids who you know, apparently I have a really good connection with them. <laughs> I would have a conversation with them. And then there's kids that, you know, that, uh, that, that you're working on and you're working with all the time. And, and, you know, there's nothing. Hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I, a lot of teachers don't like seeing their, their students outside of, outside of school, but I'm out there. I mean, I'm out, I'm at the malls or when they were you know, open and, you know, at the Giants games or whatever. And I run into students all the time. And, and I actually, I actually, I actually love seeing them out and about in the community. And, and, you know, usually their reactions tell me how they feel about me. You know? Very true. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I tried to, take on uh, a couple of kids that are you know they're they follow you know they fly under the radar they don't really you know they don't really um 
get the attention that they need or the attention you know for for the things that they need you know mm-hmm. and and i'll i'll try to you know try to take care of it try to fulfill it you know you know um one of my tas years ago um she was on the verge of not graduating and not even being close to you know graduating with summer school and so i was like okay you know she was in my class as a junior so i was like okay i'm gonna make her she'll be my ta for for senior year and i was you know able to you know give her little pep speeches and whatever and just kind of keeping my tabs on her and just make sure that she's doing okay and checking in with her and all that stuff and and that's just you know to the point where it's like you can't a teacher just can't humanly do that with 150 students 175 students yeah so you know it's i've you know through the years i've i've taken it upon myself to really just kind of look at look at my you know my group of students see which ones are you know either floundering or they just need to come out of their shell or or whatever you know and 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 try to work with them but um and then you know with everyone else just do what i can yeah yeah so i like having the i like having my door open at lunchtime i like having that big crowd of kids in there yeah i might not get to use the microwave <laughs> yeah, they might be, you know, bugging me the entire forty minutes for lunch, but that's how that's how I, you know, get to kind of get to know my kids. I'll go to their sporting events, you know. Sometimes I'm the, I'm the only teacher there, or or their parents never make it, or or their parents can never, you know, you know, show up or something like that. So I'll, you know, I'll I'll be the surrogate. I'll show up for them. So. I try to do whatever I can. That's bottom line. For sure. Yeah, I mean that's that's something that I, I I loved about my experience at at Burn as well. You know, for the most part, I felt like all the teachers cared. You know, I saw a lot of a lot of you guys showing up at the games, um, and just being support, being those faces. You know, for for kids to see that you know someone's watching. Um, and yeah, that's something I, I definitely respected from a lot of you guys, um, the staff at, at Burn for sure. Um, would you say, like, throughout your, your career in teaching, has the students changed at all? Like, from when you were beginning to, to the students you're encountering now, is there any kind of uh, different growth? Or maybe, you know, a lot of people say kids are smarter these days and, you know, they're, they're more in touch with the world because they're exposed to it on the internet. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I really do think that's the case. I mean, we can <laughs> we we can gripe about how they're always on their phone, but guess what? They're they're learning they're learning their own thing. You know, they're learning a lot about the world through their phone. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think I'm I'm one of the you know I don't know I don't know if teachers really embrace social media. But, you know, I understand the, the power of it, you know, how they could be used to learn as a learning tool, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I, I, th- I think, I actually do think uh, kids nowadays are, are much more on top of things, you know? For sure. They know what's up. Do, do they ever fact check you on, on history? <laughs> do they ever like... You know, you know what? I, I try to... I try to keep ahead of it i try to keep up with that you know if if at least on pace because i i mean i know i know that uh how how history was taught in 2001 it's sure a whole lot more different than it is in 2021 um but uh and i, and I like how it's being taught now you know mm-hmm. it always bothers me when i see on social media things your teacher never taught you in history i'm like <laughs> number one i probably did teach it i looked at those lists i did teach that to you <laughs> i mean it's not students that are complaining but you felt you know, attacked you felt attacked i get it I, really, I do feel attacked sometimes i do feel attacked you know but and then there's also you know like i, I don't believe that there's anything that's really minor about history 
I think all history has its place. I, I think just people need to recognize that when you teach U.S. history in, in high school, it's a survey course. It's a survey course. And you're not going to get down to the nitty gritty details that, mm-hmm. you know, people are like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, like, and then those are the things that people end up going, well, how come I didn't learn about that? You try to you try to give them the big themes. See, like I, like I said, the thing that I love about history and teaching history in the 20 years, you know, and the difference between when I first started and now is how it's how it's taught. And we're, we're talking about movements nowadays. We're talking more about people, not individuals. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, we don't talk about the presidents and the generals and like that anymore. You know, we're talking about groups of people. And so that's that's the thing I love about the transformation of history, you know. I mean, we'll use the old old school examples. Like, people are appalled when we when they hear what you taught you taught about Columbus. Don't you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But we're teaching about we're teaching like how to look at the two perspectives and things like that based on you know you know how they've been taught Columbus when they were in elementary school and how people look at Columbus now in 2021 and that's something that they can relate to i was like so you know we 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 try to make all you know we try to do all these different things and but like i said i i like where we are at at 2021 i think we can still move on you know we can still offer i would love to offer you know like we have ethnic studies now right Mm. for the longest time ethnic studies was an elective Right, um, quotation marks there. Um, but now they're going to make it into a a, uh, a graduation requirement, which I love. But I'm not sure the direction that is going to go into. Right? Yeah. I I would love to see I would love to see classes, you know, directed towards what what kids are interested in, maybe their backgrounds or whatever. But you know. Uh, Burton's had an Asian American studies class brought in by Pep. You know, I, I think you you, you might have you were there when when Familiar. that was going on for sure. Familiar. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, it's I know it's not possible in a high school setting, but you give a kid a chance to check out African American history or Latinx American you know history or whatever, and. You're gonna get you're gonna get that engagement, you know. For sure. It's, again, U.S. history in high school it's it's a it's a survey course, and I try to emphasize that. And I go, you know, if you guys want to go deeper, and you don't go to college, you can still take a class at City. You know, you live in San Francisco, you can take it for free at City College, pay for the books. Or, or maybe not even pay for the books, but just just sit in, get your answer, bro. Yeah. You can get your fix on that. I mean, well, one thing I really thought was dope that you brought up was uh, perspective and uh, including that in, in the history lessons. Because I think that's something I wish I had. I didn't have perspective uh, taught to me as far as like the different sides of history. Um, at the time which you know it really depends on what the curriculum requirements were back in the day when I was going to school but uh yeah that's I'm glad to hear that you're bringing that perspective and part of the lessons uh, just want to let you know we've uh, pretty much reached the end of the the podcast I have a, a few more concluding questions for you just a couple I uh, just want to thank you again for your time I, I hope you had fun this was a great conversation for me so definitely appreciate yeah. it uh, all right. So the first question is actually a question from my previous guest. I've been trying to find a way to connect my guests together. So this one is coming from Mikara. I I hope I pronounced that right, Mikara. Uh, if her question for you is, if you didn't have to worry about money, what would you do for the rest of your life? Ooh. 
Uh, I've thought about that too. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how far I am off for, from retirement, but if I didn't have to worry about money, man, I'd be traveling the world. I would be traveling the world and like spending, you know, a good chunk of time at each place. You well, know, that's travel's my thing. And this year's past year has been, it's been rough. <laughs> I can ima- I can't imagine for you. I, I know you love to travel, so. Yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been traveling, trying out food, and you know, just looking at the sights and experience, and and of course the history. Uh, that that would be my dream. Uh, two follow-up questions. One, how what percentage of the world have you already seen or, or been to? Have you gone to fifty or you? Uh, I forgot what my last count was. It's it's pretty close to 40, 40 countries. Um, I was I was supposed to I was supposed to head to Africa uh, in summer of twenty twenty, but that's obviously been pushed, and it's probably not going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen in twenty twenty two even. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Traveling is kind of weird right now. Uh, yeah. I, I wish I could. I have. I had tickets. I bought tickets to go to Hawaii 2020, and I've been pushing it, pushing it, pushing it back. And right now they're telling me the last I can use it is sometime in September. So hopefully everything's fine in September. <laughs> yeah, you should be okay. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. Uh, and my second question is, or the second follow-up was, uh, how long do you recommend someone staying in an area to really feel like? You know, they they've gotten the experience. Yeah, I guess it depends on the person. But for you, uh, how long do you think someone should stay in one place? You know, you know, some people some people stay some people stay months in a place. Like uh, one of my very first students, she's actually spent most of the pandemic in Thailand, Whoa. in the rural areas. I mean, she basically uh, closed up her her uh, uh, shop and and moved to Thailand and she's been there for I think almost the entire pandemic that's a little extreme <laughs> that's a little extreme you know the thing that I, I might want to do later, later on maybe is at least spend a month in, in a place um, for me the longest I've ever spent in another country is about a week and a half oh okay yeah. it's not it's not the greatest but you know, you get a good taste of things, you know, mm-hmm. I think, I think, uh, you know, in most places I'll stay four or five days and then I'll kind of basis, you know, what I'm going to do next, if I'm going to go back there, you know, it's like, I, I've, I, I spent, um, it wasn't necessarily by choice. Um, my friend, my friend goofed things up. So we had to skip a country, but, uh, spent, spent about five days in Kazakhstan Whoa. five days in Kazakhstan and uh, and about the same amount of days in Kyrgyzstan people wouldn't necessarily even think about going there but I love the experience yeah. spending five days in each of those places really getting to know people like um, our tour guide in Kyrgyzstan was just this uh, teenage kid <laughs> that was waiting our ta- uh, on our table and the only reason why he did that was because he was the only one that spoke English. And uh, he ended up, you know, being this uh, burgeoning tour guide. And he took us around and it's like, you know, just dumb luck. But, you know, the, the kid was, you know, just eager to have conversations, just talk about his country and all that stuff. And, and, and he was showing us, you know, I guess, you know, his perception of, of the real Kurdistan. So, I, you know. Yeah. So it could be as little as five days. It could be even less. It's just being there. Uh, it's the first step. But that's a crazy story with the uh, with with that kid. Just you know, being your waiter and then like you know what? Like I don't know how the, how it came up, but was he offering like, oh, I could take you around, or did you guys kind of ask him, oh, could you take us around? Yeah, we, we were just, no, we were just asking. We we're just asking about you know. We were just asking about the city and how to get to you know certain places and whatever you know. And sure, there was some money you know in it, in it for him. You know? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, you know, we paid him. We paid him. Oh. You know what he asked for, and it was like we thought it was more than fair. For sure. Know? Cool. Uh, 
And then my, my second question for you is, uh, what, what would you like to ask the next guest that comes on the 34 questions? Oh, uh, I'm going to keep it travel related, but it'll be, it'll be like, you know, if you could, if you had to relocate for a year, where would you go and why? Okay. Gotcha. You know, it's consequence free, you know? <laughs> you don't lose your job. Your job is waiting for you when you come back. Okay. You know, the cost is no matter. It's where would you like to live for a year? Free of consequences. Gotcha. All right. I'm always curious who uh, who comes on. Like, I never know for sure who's coming on next because things change, schedules change. Um, so for me, as the, the host, I'm like, oh, I wonder where this one's going to land. <laughs> um <laughs> appreciate it and i know we've run over a little bit but my final question for you is a question that kind of ties everything together is uh what would you like your descendants to know about you thinking 500 years from now they're kind of watching this video and they're like what, what would you tell them what, what would you want them to know about you well uh, i don't know if it'd be direct descendants at this point again no kids that i know of <laughs> that you know of. Yeah, there you go. Even that would be an inappropriate joke for <laughs> some circles, but uh, let's say the descendants of my nephews and my niece. Uh, you know, I, I just I would want them to know that I tried to maximize what I did with my time on Earth, and I would hope that they would try to do the same. Just make sure that it's a positive. Make sure they have a positive impact. Uh, as as positive they could possibly make it. Uh, that's why I hope they 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 get from you know if they ever study me <laughs> or if they ever see this. this. This will be available to them. And uh, yeah, you know, the, I've I've had that kind of feedback as far as you know saying descendants, either direct descendants or not. Um, and for me, like I kind of think of it as we 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 kind of came from the same ancestors, you know. It, there was a finite amount of population, so you know we're all brothers and sisters in this yeah. in this great world. And yeah, so my descendants are your descendants, and it's a uh, we're all part of it. So well, thank you for that. And uh, any last last things that you want to add before we head out of here? Guys. Uh, guys everyone live live your best lives man <laughs> this year should have taught us all, everything everything can be gone everything can be taken away in, in a split second but just just live your, everyone live your best lives heard it first from mr eric him uh live your best lives folks uh thank you for tuning in thank you for listening or checking it out on youtube um hate to say but subscribe like follow if you wish uh it doesn't hurt my feelings i uh, want to thank you again mr eric kim for for coming on uh and sh sharing your story definitely appreciated uh your time and and the stories that you shared so thank you and we'll catch you guys next time on 34 questions thanks jeff, thanks, jeff.